at the end of the day, you're going to be a dentist. They want to find people who have the skills that are required by a dentist. And that's going to be somebody who can listen to their patient, somebody who can apply what your patient is telling them into everyday practice. We are back with season two. Today, we have Dr. Whitney White joining us on our first episode of season two. She obtained her Doctor of Dental Surgery at the University of Missouri, Kansas City School of Dentistry. Dr. White is currently an Associate Dentist at Aspen Dental. Let's congratulate her for recently receiving the Emeritus VIP Award for providing exceptional services to her patients. Join us as we talk about applying to dental school during the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's get to it, and now tell us what's up. Welcome to Tooth Untold Podcast, where we interview exceptional dentists from around the world. In each episode, we probe the mind of a dentist and extract wisdom and knowledge from their experiences. Now here's your host, Kevin Zappa. All right, let's get down to the first question. How important is it to know your why when applying to dental school? You know, I think it is important to know why you want to be a dentist before you begin, but at the same time, it's not because you learn so much in dental school and your why will change. So I think, I think having your why of wanting to go is important, but being flexible and realizing that things can change. Life happens. You'll learn, you'll meet patients that will change your perspective on everything. So I think that's a both way answer there. Yeah, exactly. And my why right now in dental school, while I'm in dental school, is actually really different from my why before applying to dental school. And that actually leads me to my next question. With COVID-19 affecting the dental profession greatly and its impact on the world globally, uh, I could see why pre-dental students can be hesitant in applying to dental school. So if I were a pre-dental student, in your opinion, do you think I should still apply to dental school during the COVID-19 pandemic? Absolutely. Absolutely. Dentistry is a great career, even in the pandemic. Um, I don't want to be quoted on this exact statistic, but I did just read um, in the ADA journal that they actually did a publishment where the aerosols from dentistry actually aren't spraying out as much COVID um, particles as they were once thinking out in the beginning. Of course, you know, it was, it's a new virus. There was so little to know about it, but with the PPE, um, with new information that we're learning, you know, COVID is definitely shouldn't stop anyone from going into dentistry. Exactly. And I'd like to admit that I was pretty frightened to continue dentistry with its impact in the dental profession. But as you said, we're getting new information about the virus and we're equipped with better equipment to combat the virus and reduce the aerosols. We've got PPEs, even though it's extremely hot underneath them, uh, rubber dam to isolate the oral cavity, HVEs, extra oral suctions, even air purifiers, all to provide a safe environment for the patient, the staff, and yourself. Exactly. There are so many like measures that we're taking now. Um, and the more we learn, the better we can prepare and, you know, help our patients, help ourselves, help our staff um, to work in a safe environment. Um, and I feel comfortable every single day going into work with, with everything that we have. That's actually really great to hear. It definitely puts me at ease. So if we actually go back to applying to dental school, 
In your opinion, what makes an excellent applicant to dental school? What exactly are they looking for in a dental student? I think that being able to multitask and show that you are good at multitasking makes you a very strong applicant. Um, being able to say, look at my grades here. I, I excelled in my science classes um, while doing extracurriculars. I think that shows a lot because in dental school, you have to juggle multiple courses at a high demand. You know, they're very demanding courses. So being able to show that you can do multiple things um, and excel in all of them shows that you would be a great candidate. I also think that showing that you care about dentistry, show that you care about patients makes you a good applicant as well. At the end of the day, you're going to be a dentist. So they want to find people who have the skills that are required by a dentist. And that's going to be somebody who can listen to their patient, somebody who can apply what your patient is telling them into everyday practice and help the patient. So there, it's a multifaceted thing to make a good applicant, but it's really what's going to make a good dentist. All right, for all the pre-dental students that are listening out there, I hope you're taking down notes. So if we fast forward to after dental school, what are the things that you've learned in private practice that you wish you learned in dental school? Wow. That I could go on and on for. <laughs> Sounds like there's a lot. Dental school prepares you to be a dentist. That's what it prepares you to do. It doesn't prepare you for every case. Um, it doesn't prepare you for every type of person that you will encounter. And it doesn't really prepare you for the business of dentistry. Um, you know, I will be the first to say I have so much more to learn. You know, there's every day I can learn something new about dentistry. Um, and I think just being willing to understand that you're going to continue to grow. You're going to continue to learn out of dental school. You have to push yourself um, to keep reading, keep learning, keep doing continuing education. Because after dental school, you're a dentist. And then it's your time to explore what you want to do and and digging deeper on what you want to focus on. Um, the business end is, it can be complicated. I didn't know anything about that, you know, dentistry business or insurances. So that's something that every day I find myself wishing I would have learned more in dental school. Um, I'm not sure how every curriculum is for different schools, but that's the area that I wish I would have learned more about was insurances, billing, anything business-wise, you know, it's just, it's different. Billing, coding, anything business. <laughs> that, <laughs> it, it's just, it's endless, the insurance claims. And at least for me, I didn't learn anything about insurance. It seems like insurance can be a very big headache. So when it came to you, how was your experience with it? You know, I am very fortunate that I am in an office that has very experienced staff. Um, and so I don't do any of it. I'll be completely honest. I don't um, verify insurance, but I guess I'll walk you through what that would be. Because do you understand that at all? No idea. I'm actually in the dark when it comes to insurance. <laughs> so 
explain it to you from my understanding and it's very minimal. So I wanted to see your level because I was going to say maybe me saying it's going to be helpful. But for our day-to-day insurance process would be we call our patients two days prior to coming to the office if they're a new patient and we'll collect their dental insurance and we'll verify that with their insurance company, making sure that their policy is active because there's a lot of people who will think they have dental insurance and well, maybe it's lapsed, right? Maybe it expired last year. Maybe it doesn't start for a couple of months. So verifying the insurance is the first thing. Then we have another office member call that insurance company and review their benefits. What type of benefits does this patient have? What's covered by their insurance? And that's a top, that can be very, you know, time. That's a lot of time on the phone because we need to know what benefits are covered. Um, are extractions covered? Is their perio maintenance covered? Um, at what percent is it covered? There's a lot of questions that are asked and you know, it's in a template form. So every question is asked every time. Um, and then from there, we can go forward and actually present the treatment to the patients that they need and what their actual cost would be, right? And be able to say, okay, well, we called insurance. They said they'll cover an extraction for 60%. So that 60% then, you know, is covered by insurance. A claim would be sent to the insurance company after the procedure is completed. The insurance company would then send you a check in the mail, and then you take that to the bank to get paid. That other 40% would be paid by the patient um, for us, they pay before the procedure, um, before any procedures are completed. I'm actually really curious regarding case acceptance. Um, so how, how do the patients accept the treatment? If, for example, they find out that the treatment is not part of the dental insurance or it's not, it's not covered actually, or it's only partially covered? It definitely depends on what the treatment plan is, and it's going to depend on your population base. Um, Depending where you practice is going to drastically change your treatment plans. Um, Some offices that are private practice and you see routine patients every six months, you're not going to have very many denture patients, right? Because you're seeing them every six months. They've been going to the dentist their whole life. You'll be seeing more fillings, right? More restorations, maybe some crowns, but that's basically what you'll be seeing and root canals. A different population base would be somebody who's coming in because they're in pain. You know, I haven't been to the dentist in eight years. I've never been able to afford the dentist. I'm in pain, help me. Um, In that situation, you're gonna be looking at more, we have some extractions to do. Um, Let's get you a nice fitting partial. Let's talk about implants down the road. Um, And so it definitely depends on your population base on what type of treatment they're going to accept um, and what they want to move forward with. Um, I don't think that it's that hard to get patients to accept treatment that they need. If if they need it, they know they do. Um, That's why they're coming to us. And sometimes it is difficult financially if you're going to be treatment planning an all on four denture, right? Uh, Not every patient can afford that. You have to realize your clientele. You have to understand your patient, listen to them. Um, That's the most important thing. Listen to your patient, let them tell you 
where they're at in this journey of their dentistry, right? Um, a patient comes in, they've, they haven't had teeth, no teeth, let's say, for 10 years. And they've been saving up. They tell you, I've been saving up. I'm so excited to get dentures. Um, how do you think they would respond if I went in and said, oh, no, you can't get dentures. You need implants. And like that would, obviously, that wouldn't work. That means I didn't go in listening. You have to listen to the patient. Clearly, if they've been saving for 10 years, they're going to want a, a normal denture, right? And of course, you're going to present all the options to them and let them ultimately decide what is going to be best for them. Um, but you just have to listen. So I think as long as you're doing what's best for the patient, um, treatment acceptance is pretty good. Right. And the key is to keep the patient's best interest in mind. So moving on to my next question, ever since graduating from dental school, what are the types of procedures that you like to do now compared to back then when you were in dental school? So I have totally changed um, since getting out of dental school. Um, I used to love crown and bridge. Um, totally my favorite thing to do is crowns. I still love crowns, but I have totally changed. I actually really enjoy doing extract and insert cases where you're pulling teeth and then that same day the patient goes home with a brand new smile, whether that be a transitional partial or um, an immediate full denture. It's very, very rewarding for these patients because they're going from teeth that might not have looked the prettiest and then they leave looking in the mirror and they've got this Hollywood smile or, you know, a smile that they've dreamed up. Um, I really enjoyed those. Yeah, and it must be really satisfying to see your patients walk out of the clinic with the biggest smile on their face. Oh, absolutely. And they're they're so excited. They're smiling and they're just they're very appreciative. And so the patients that are just so thankful, it's it's awesome. You know, you'll see people who start crying and it's awesome. It's very it's very heartwarming. I actually really like prosthodontics uh, about a semester ago, but now after taking up oral surgery i really enjoy extracting teeth but one of the things that i'm really afraid of is things that don't they, they that things that would happen that you don't expect to happen for example i'm extracting a tooth and then the root tip uh fractures it breaks off so i understand learning how to manage these complications is the key but how do you deal with that feeling at the moment things in life happen. Dentistry has those moments where you're like, I'm trying to section, let's give this example. I'm going to section a bridge and I'm going to save this molar here with the crown on it. So I'm going to section the bridge and I'm just going to pull this tooth. And then you section the bridge and the whole bridge comes off. And then you see the tooth that you're supposed to be saving has huge caries that were hidden underneath this crown somehow, right? that would be an oh crap moment. Cause this is now I'm having to tell the patient they're numb. I'm trying to, you know, it's changing treatment. And so the more things that happen in dental school, use that as a learning moment because that's the time to do it. Learn how to talk to your patients in difficult situations. You do it. Don't have the professor do it. You do it because at the end of the day, you will learn. You might feel stupid for five minutes, you know, or maybe all night, but you've learned and you've dealt with that in school. 
and you're not going to deal with that that first time in private practice, DSO, wherever you're at, you've at least had that awkward conversation before. And I think that is something that we all do because we are so used to being good at things, right? Like you're probably so used to being like, oh, I'm great at everything. Like I can't like not have this be perfect or I'm good at this. I need to excel at this. And when something goes wrong, it we're not used to that. I really love that advice. Um, I was speaking to a dentist the other day and that's exactly what they said also to experience these type of scenarios right in dental school so that when you graduate, you know what to do in private practice. Last but not least, are there any last pieces of advice that you'd like to give to the dental students out there listening to this podcast? Push yourself to be the best dentist that you can be. Um, things can get challenging, but keep going. You are going to be a great dentist um, and just push yourself to be the best. A big round of applause for Dr. Whitney White for sharing her insights about applying to dental school during the COVID-19 pandemic. Thanks for joining us on Tooth Unfold Podcast. Always keep in mind that dentistry is a marathon and not a sprint. I would really appreciate it if you could like, comment, and follow at Tooth Unfold Podcast. Stay safe and have a great weekend. See you on the next episode.